We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quarterback injuries are stacking up across the AFC with Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence being the latest to suffer a significant setback, which is definitely notable for Baltimore being that the Ravens square off at the Jaguars in Week 15 on Monday Night Football. But it's also notable because Lamar Jackson has had two dangerously close encounters of suffering the exact same injury as Lawrence, and the Ravens need to find a way to nip that in the bud. I am Sarah Ellison, and guess what? I'm no longer riding solo. I'm happily joined by my partner and co-host, Bobby Trossett from Rome. It is Wednesday, December 6th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by our friends at GEHA. Good to be back with you there, partner. My European slide-in, channeling one Chris Collingsworth, if you will. But uh, entering week 14 of this NFL season, which we now are, we know, as you've covered, the Ravens are sitting pretty after a productive bye week. But we're going to take a close look at their chances by the numbers of securing that highly coveted AFC top overall seed. Plus, Ravens linebacker and our guy, Roquan Smith, is up for one of the most prestigious NFL awards league-wide. We'll fill you in on that and also break down Baltimore's highest-graded defensive standouts at this point in the season. Yep, we've got all that more coming up. So thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Uh, I've said it online. I'll say it again now. Super appreciative of you as usual. We have our weeks throughout, you know, the 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 daily endeavor that we do year round, where we we take our time. Uh, whether it's the bye week, whether it's your off season trip, typically with family. I know it was Japan last year. We'll both go dark, obviously, in July, just because that's where it's the slowest time of the year. Uh, but thank you for holding down the ship, holding down the fort. As always, I caught a little bit of, of the content, but tried to be off the grid as much as possible. I've been backpacking with the bros in Europe, which has been a lot of fun. Right now I'm in Rome. We spent last weekend in Austria, met some Ravens fans, crazy enough, who are rabid out there in the Vienna area, which is pretty cool. I know you spent some time there, so shout out Valo, uh, Valentin. 
who reached out to me cold on social media and just kind of welcomed me to Vienna and then literally proceeded to bring my brothers and I are literally around his entire city for six plus hours solely just out of, I mean, really just out of generosity. So it was super cool. We were in the middle of a blizzard, which made it super magical. And I'm getting ready to get back to the States later this week, but just wanted to say thank you and uh, hope everybody's been enjoying some of the chronicles that have been following along on social media. I love it. I love that Ravens fans in Austria are like reaching out to you and then giving you tours all around the place. I love that you're getting time with your brothers and I need to find a happy medium as this, as I say this, because both of us obviously have to have vacation and we're both going to help each other out in those moments. Uh, I'm happy you got some time with them. I'm happy it's not over. And at the same time, I missed you, buddy. I missed you and I'm glad you're back. <laughs> uh, likewise. And and now we, we, we know how this goes, right? This next few days, it's like you kind of get to be where your feet are and we're going to continue to create content. But this is the beauty of the flexibility that we've kind of um, tried to build here when you can be on the road, but you can also you know, get business done because the Rams are coming to town this weekend. It's week 14, crazy enough. Looking forward to getting back out there at the pregame show and whatnot would be more around town and just kind of treating this as normal as you possibly can, even though you know I'm six hours ahead at the current time right now with, with you on the East Coast. So with that in mind and kind of what you teased earlier on, wow. It has been a murderer's row of, of injuries for quarterbacks around the league. And most notably, of course, at the top, Joe Burrow has been dealing with the wrist thanks to the Ravens defense. Kirk Cousins has been dealing with a torn Achilles. Both of their seasons are done. But but these are, I mean, look at look at this. Look at the AFC North specifically. Burrow, Watson, and Pickett. They're all done for the year. You see here, for those of the audio-only side of things, you got Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett, Anthony Richardson, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. One, two, three, four, five. Five of the three, six, seven. Five of the seven are, have, are done, are done for this year, season ending. So and we all know Aaron Rodgers is trying to make a comeback, even though his Jets are disappointing him week in and week out, especially at the quarterback position. But, but I know you kind of... You wanted to take the angle here specifically for Lamar because there have been some close encounters over this season where we've all kind of held our collective breaths. And luckily, at this point, especially with the mini buy before the buy, you'd like to think that he's going to be coming into week 14 uh, fully rested. But gosh, there has got to be a major premium uh, in making sure he's protected down the stretch here, Sarah. Yeah, so I think there are a couple angles with this latest injury with Trevor Lawrence, okay? Number one, there's the impact that it has in the in the AFC kind of conference, the landscape. So as we see here, there's seven teams that have qualified. If, this, if the season ended today, seven teams in the AFC would qualify for the playoffs. Well, four of those seven teams now do not have their starting quarterback playing. Yeah. Now, now Trevor Lawrence, he could come back. We'll get into the updates on that, but that's four of the seven. That is crazy. And then right yep. outside of that are those other teams that are tied, like the like the Bengals, who don't have Burrow, but are are still fighting, right? They're still fighting to get in. So so there's the there's the the section of it that's like, how does this what does this mean for the Ravens in the AFC? We'll get to that second. 
but the first is how Trevor Lawrence was injured because when I watched that injury, I woke up this morning because I did not stay up for that full game, Bobby. So I woke up, um, not this morning, I woke up Wednesday. What day are we in? The days are all coming together now. You think I, I know? Tuesday you think I know morning. what day it is? You definitely don't know. <laughs> you are all on the other side of the world. Yes. Okay. I woke up Tuesday morning looking at highlights. And tell me if this reminds you of anything. Here's the Trevor Lawrence injury. His left tackle. Let's pull that back a, a second here. His left tackle is trying to um, stop this pass register rusher and i think this is hendrickson so he just gets pushed back into his own quarterback trevor lawrence steps on his ankle slash calf and then as he continues to go down they fall on him and then his knee his knee kind of gets stuck back there so as i'm watching that i'm like hold up PTSD. that looks really <laughs> familiar We've yeah. looked at both of these plays before, Bobby. Let's go back to this first one, Lamar Jackson against the Chargers. Now, remember, this is Ronnie Stanley's first game back from, from one of his leaves of absence. He's had a few. Um, so here he is, about to drop back, Ronnie Stanley to the left. Ball gets snapped, and then watch, watch Stanley over on the left side of the screen he just gets pushed back three or four yards, lands right on Lamar. Lamar falls similar to the way Lawrence did. Yep. Now, they didn't fall on top of Lamar after that, but, I mean, Ronnie Stanley landed right on his calf. Lamar falls, gets back up, somehow scrambles in the pocket, then goes and gets that almost first down that wasn't challenged by John Harbaugh. So that one looked almost identical to the one with Trevor Lawrence. Then there's a second one, which I know we've looked at from before. This one, Ronnie Stanley, again gets pushed back into Lamar. He's trying to throw this touchdown pass to Mark Andrews. He feels Stanley's foot kind of brush his calf. So Lamar swings his leg up. Let's go look at that one more time. Lamar swings his leg up. While passing off of the other foot, nails Mark Andrews right there for the touchdown. Bobby, it's honestly incredible that Lamar Jackson escaped both of those plays without injury. The one in the Cardinals is just Lamar and instincts pulling up his leg. The other one, I don't know how, how he escaped it. But the point being, this cannot continue to happen. And we've obviously, it's so funny. I swear I haven't talked about Ronnie Stanley since you've been gone. <laughs> That's like all we were talking about right before you left. But it, it, can't, it can't keep happening. It cannot keep happening. You've got to protect Lamar or we're going to be in the same boat as we've been in the last two years, the same boat as all these other AFC teams, and, and lose your $280 million quarterback. Cannot continue. Yeah. Well, the boat that Jacksonville finds itself in right now, according to Jeremy Fowler, is this. couple updates. According to Doug Peterson, their head coach, Trevor, he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. He's not ruled out for Sunday as of right now. That's generally looked at as, well, first of all, 
that they dodged a major bullet in the sense that they're going to have him at some point, right? They, you typically look at that as a, as a week-to-week type of setback. So it's notable for Baltimore, like you said earlier on, that they're going to see them in just a couple weeks here down in Jacksonville. So that'll be important to watch unfold. And then Christian Kirk, one of his standout wide receivers, he has a core muscle injury. He's going to miss some time. And I think there was another update on top of this after Fowler that it's likely that he's going to require surgery. So the Jaguars probably going to be without Christian Kirk here uh, for the foreseeable future. And I think that was the latest update that I had seen, Sarah. Had you seen anything else on that? Yes. So Rappaport said it's going to be an eight-week injury. So he could play in the Super Bowl if Jacksonville makes it. So he says a little earlier puts him in the AFC title game, again, if Jacksonville makes that. It's going to be tough without him because that's a major, major loss for them in the receiving core. Plus, you have Trevor Lawrence, who the Jags, by the way, while the Ravens take on the Rams, the Jags are going to be playing a very stout defense in the Browns. Mm-hmm. So that's so even if Trevor makes it back to that, will he come back hobbled? I don't know, Bobby, and I could be wrong. High ankle sprains, uh, maybe they're not all created equal. I've seen high ankle sprains keep people out for weeks upon weeks upon weeks, but maybe maybe it's just not that bad. Um, but either way, Jacksonville is going to have an uphill climb uh, with the Browns and Ravens coming back to back, and um, Trevor probably not at a hundred percent, even if he is in there. I think so, this is probably a pretty good segue to to Nick Wright's monologue would you say or were you thinking a different time yeah well i want to do one more thing before we do because uh, we've gotten lots of questions about ronnie stanley versus mccary right so with me saying they've got to nip it in the butt here it is it's a little out of order but here it is so cole jackson had posted um these stats which i believe are from pro football focus which gives grades and kind of details pressures allowed and hurries and all that kind of stuff. So in some ways, Stanley and McCary, because I'm hearing a lot of people say, hey, go ahead and bench Stanley and bring in McCary. I'm I'm not against that. I mean, it depends. Like, if Ronnie Stanley cannot anchor, like absolutely cannot do it, that's where he's on one leg against really the pass rushers on opposing teams. I mean, these are some of the most athletic, most ferocious, most strong, fast, like athletically gifted dudes there are in the world. (laughs) Like they're just beasts. And that's why these left tackles are so huge. If Stanley is still on one leg and cannot anchor, if he cannot anchor, that's when he gets pushed back into Lamar's leg. To me, at that point, you bring in McCary. Now, if this extra time, he's had one game in, I don't know, about a month now, because he also had some time off before. Um, now, if he's feeling better, then let's go with him. That's great. But I just wanted to go by the numbers. PFF has given, and they have similar snaps. Now, all of McCary's snaps have not been at left tackle. He's also filled in at right tackle and, and whatnot. But overall, uh, Stanley's had 290 pass blocking snaps. McCary has had 259. Stanley has a slightly better grade, 71 point, well, 10, 10 point better, 71.5 pass blocking grade to 61.7. So even injured, McCar- Stanley's got the better grade. Stanley's given up four sacks, McCary's given up five. Stanley's given up three hits, McCary's given up two. So very similar numbers in sacks and hits. Now, here's where's a massive difference. 
Stanley has given up 21 hurries, McCarry 10. So a lot of these things where it's just like, you know, he's struggling to, you know, kind of get it done uh, and, and be stronger and stout. So just wanted to put those numbers side by side. Everybody thinks that it's like, oh, just put McCarry in. Everything's going to be better. And that might be true. That might be true because at least you've got a healthy guy with two legs. Um, but the ideal scenario is that Stanley is able to get strong enough to anchor again, and then he would be fine. But, um, but yes, now, unless you have anything to say, I think the Nick Wright thing is a good way to transition from the Lamar, Ronnie Stanley kind of conversation and keeping him healthy. And then now leading into how all these injuries impact the AFC landscape. All right. Cause the big takeaway here and great find by you. Cause I think it's a, a really solid point by Nick, Nick Wright mm -hmm. from, um, from Fox sports. There is a major window of opportunity here for the Ravens. We, we talked about it before the season in terms of the window of opportunity, right? With, with Lamar on the first year of this mega contract extension and what comes with that flexibility wise. But we didn't know that there would be this many windows of opportunity based on what we've already covered, given mm -hmm. the quarterback issues in the AFC and league wide. So Nick Wright kind of hits on all of that and more uh, in one of his recent monologues on Fox Sports. Well, here's what I'll tell you. If the Ravens don't make the Super Bowl this year, it is an all-time missed opportunity. Yeah, it's open. Okay. So here's the argument for it. Four teams in the AFC North. How many of them have a healthy starting quarterback? Just Baltimore. Yep. Cleveland's is done. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh's just had surgery. The Browns, even when he was healthy, I don't know if he was good, but certainly better than Joe Flacco, who <laughs> they dusted out of the retirement home, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, the, the Bills are in turmoil. The Chiefs right now seem to be, to I think the general public at least, as gettable as they have been at any point in the Mahomes Absolutely. era. The Chargers were, you know, are still just charging. The Jags quarterback just went down. Like we are the the Dolphins. We could argue one good, but I think people think the Ravens are the exact type of team the Dolphins can't handle. You know what I mean? A physical oh, team fight. that they wants to dance. fight, and yeah. the Baltimore's always wanted Absolutely. to fight, not breakdance, as Brew would say. Even though Ray Lewis, I think, did a bit of both—a little fighting, a little breakdancing in the <laughs> celebration. <laughs> to be honest, maybe that's why he's great. And so, if you're Baltimore, if this year, this playoff run in this AFC ends in another disappointing playoff performance, which some has been due to injury, some has been due to underachievement, whatever. I do think there will be a moment of, well, if not now, then when will we ever do it? And so, listen, I believe the Chiefs are the favorite. I believe the Chiefs are the best team. Mm -hmm. I believe the Chiefs' biggest question mark right now is the passing game, which is also the Ravens' biggest question mark, in my opinion, particularly since the injury to Mark Andrews. Mm -hmm. So I will take the Chiefs and Mahomes. But I'm saying... If Baltimore falls flat this year under these circumstances, it's going to be very hard for Ravens fans to be like, well, next year will be better when Burrow's healthy, when maybe Josh has a better offensive yeah. coordinator, the Chiefs add a weapon. Like, So but this, I, to uh, me, is the moment for your team. Did you really have to do Flacco like that? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's just he's just keeping it real, just keeping it real. I mean, Joe looked, you know, good, but not great. So Cleveland um, brings him off the street, and and right away the guy produces. I mean, yeah, he it was far from perfect, and Cleveland loses the game. But uh, I think they put up like thirteen home, points. Oof. Retirement <laughs> yeah. home, huh? Yeah. 
But uh, I think good find by you. Maybe that part. Maybe that part was a little bit much. But yeah, okay. But good find. I think we both kind of it's well received, right? The point, the 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 window of opportunity that's there for the taking. The we all know that it was a murderer's row. AFC, at least it was looked at like that uh, prior to the season, Uh, prior to these injuries. Certainly, it was looked at like that. And who knows? You never know how this next month of plus of football shakes out. But right now, it seems like there is a huge, huge opportunity for the Ravens to capitalize on this, given what has unfolded. And um, I don't know about the whole, like, if they can't do it now, are they ever going to moving forward? I'm not sure I'm, I'm quite there with him in terms of what the fan base might look at if they fall flat down the stretch here. But certainly, the, the, the window of opportunity point was, was, I thought, what resonated most with me. Yeah, I I agree. I think that he's more speaking for himself of like, if not now, I think it's just because there's already a narrative about Lamar, the Ravens with Lamar leading them at three or one and three in the playoffs. And so for them from the national, that will be the, the talking point from the national sure. media. But of course, the Ravens will reload and try again and all that kind of stuff. So first of all, there's a couple of things I want to say. Yes, it would be an all-time missed opportunity, but Saying that, there's a chance, so I just want to make sure that we're all on the same play page. I know you are, but um, nobody is celebrating any of these injuries, okay? If I had my way, all of them would be healthy. It would be Lamar versus Burrow. It'd be Lamar yeah. versus D- Lawrence. It'd be Lamar versus, you know, all the healthy quarterbacks. And if I had it my way, Lamar would have been up against them the last two years too. So, so in no way, in absolutely no way, we celebrating anybody's injuries at all. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, it is what it is. And so it, it is an opportunity, just like it was an opportunity for the Bengals the last two years, Lamar went down. And so when Lamar went down, the Ravens were the the top dogs in the division. They took advantage of that as they should. The Ravens were number one in the AFC before Lamar went down. Number one in the AFC, not just the division. And so, Guess what? The NFL moves on. You wish quarterbacks the best. I hope all these guys recover. I hope they're the best for their health and their families, all of that. And at the same time, the NFL moves on. In fact, not only did it move on without Lamar Jackson, no sympathy whatsoever. I mean, sympathy for his health, of course. Again, I don't believe anybody's celebrating injuries, but no sympathy for the team or the fan base that they have to move on without him. Not only did he not get sympathy, Bobby, but he got ridicule because none of these guys are, did Nick come up there being like, oh, well, Trevor Lawrence needs to look at his style of play, even though Lamar's injuries were also from the pocket. Nobody's saying, oh, we should look at Joe Burrow's style of play. He had that ACL for a whole first year. And now he's out with the wrist. Like, the, not only was Lamar and his play ridiculed, but then it was used against him when it was come contract time. And so many national media were like, well, no wonder nobody's biting when he has the non-exclusive franchise tag. He gets injured too much. Nobody wants to put money into him. So not only do they not have sympathy for him, but they ridicule this style of play yeah. and then use it against him come contract time. So excuse the Ravens fan base if they're not necessarily like sad that these teams are missing their quarterbacks. Again, I feel like I have to say it again. They are everybody's sad for a guy in his health. They wish him the best in his health, but they're not sad for their teams who have to move on without them. The Ravens have been there, done that. Now, in terms of missed opportunity, 
I absolutely agree within the AFC because not only are these, maybe the Ravens aren't going to have 100% Trevor Lawrence if he plays. Christian Kirk isn't going to be there. Of course, Mark Andrews won't be either. Um, then on top of it, while the Chiefs aren't necessarily banged up and it's still Patrick Mahomes, it still feels like a version of the Chiefs that are more beatable than anything I've seen in the last, really, since Mahomes came onto the, onto the, onto the scene. Miami, Miami's the one, and I guess this is the question I wanted to ask you. Which team do you think is the Ravens' biggest threat in the AFC? You can take that as, are they big, the biggest threat that they can't, that it's a tough matchup when they actually play, or and also the biggest threat to get the eight, the number one seed. The the matchup probably would be Miami, but I, I think okay, yeah, I would go with Miami. But by principle, based on what Kansas City has done in recent years and where they are, even though they are, as Nick said, it was they're gettable. You said that they're what was your word that you used? Oh, they're um. Yeah, I don't remember the word I used. I don't know. I'd have to go and rewind. But this is the most. Like, this is like the, the version of the Chiefs that, that are. Yeah, maybe the gettable was the word. That the the, yeah. the most beatable, the most beatable version I've seen yes. since Mahomes came on the scene. This is the most pedestrian, and I say that respectfully because they've been a <laughs> dynasty. This has yeah. been the most pedestrian of the Patrick Mahomes era for Kansas City. Let's say that. Yeah. But by principle, they have to be. I don't think they're the toughest matchup for the Ravens as of right now. I think that's Miami. But yeah. I think by principle, based on what they've established themselves as in this league, in the AFC, that everything runs through them. Doesn't right now at the current time of this taping. It might in a month from now. We'll see. Uh, they deserve that respect in my mind. But my matchup-wise, <sighs> Miami's got a bunch of dogs on all three phases. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I I agree, and people will say, "Well, they haven't really beat too many teams above 500." And that that may be the case, but it's it's really stylistically. It's kind of what Nick was getting to 
when he was talking about um, breakdancing versus like punching you in the face. Like if the Ravens can get a nice body blow in first so that they can't dance, then that's how the Ravens can kind of take over. But if they get out and start moving and Tyreek Hill starts going off, that's scary to me. That's, that's, you know, scary is not the right word. That's, that's a threat. That's a threat. So the mat, that's the matchup that I'm very interested to watch come. I can't remember what week the Ravens play him. I don't know. It's like 16 or 17, something like that. So I, I agree with, with what you said, hundred percent. We're going to get to some of the numbers analytically in terms of what it might take projection wise and whatnot for the Ravens to clinch that number one overall seed over the next month or so. By the way, simply put, if they win out, they're going to be the number one seed, but a lot left to do in order to get that uh, if you're Baltimore. But first, as we mentioned at the top, the vault is presented by GEHA, and that's Government Employee Health Association. They are proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families for 86 years and counting. With over 2 million members and growing, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every single day. And GEHA wants to know, uh, wants to give you, rather, excuse me, the chance to show your purple pride with an exclusive pregame Ravens tunnel experience. This is new information, some good stuff here. So between now and December 19th, taping this on December 5th, uh, fans can enter for the opportunity to be in the tunnel as the Ravens get ready to take the field on New Year's Eve against the aforementioned Miami Dolphins. Uh, two grand prize winners, which is brought to you by GEHA, will receive the following, again, for that New Year's Eve, December 31st home game, against the Dolphins, two game tickets, two backyard bash passes, exclusive pregame tunnel experiences, one complimentary parking pass, uh, and two Ravens gift bags. So there's a lot on the line here. All Ravens fans living in Delaware, uh, the District Columbia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Virginia are all eligible to enter. The contest is open to the public. You can see the sweepstakes rules in the show notes below to get started. And GEHA, Government Employees Health Association is your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. You can visit GEHA.com to learn more. All right, so the numbers, the numbers game are as follows. Jameson Hensley put it out according to ESPN Analytics. The projections for the AFC's number one overall seed entering week 14. And those Miami Dolphins that we were just referencing have the Ravens edged in this category at 37.6% chance to, to clinch the number one seed. The Ravens are at 31.8. Kansas City is 21.8. And then there is a, a pretty big drop-off here for Jacksonville at 7.1. An even bigger drop-off for Cleveland at 0.6 and so on and so forth. The Steelers, Colts, and Texans all have less than a uh, a 1% chance. So what would you make of this list? Well, I think... It's changed. Chiefs used to be at the top. Ravens were number two. And then I think it was the Dolphins, maybe the Jags. But so Dolphins have taken that that top spot. But really, those first three are like neck and neck and neck. I mean, 37 yeah. and then 31 and 21. I mean, all of that can change. But the bigger takeaway that I got was similar to Ken McCusick. Now, listen, you could go onto ESPN's playoff machine or the New York Times kind of playoff machine. They, they call it something different. But... And you can play with so many different permutations because there's still five five weeks left. But I think the big takeaway after the Jags lost to the Bengals is kind of what Ken McCusick from Film Study 
wrote here and tweeted. He said, the results of Monday Night Football have slightly loosened the conditions for the Ravens that the Ravens need to grab the number one seed. So prior to the Jags losing, I kind of went into the week feeling like the Ravens were going to have to win out. Um, but what he's saying is because the Jags lost, now that isn't what necessarily needs to happen, which is good news considering the Ravens have the toughest schedule left in the league right now. So he says the conditions have loosened. Even if they don't win out, they essentially need the following. Number one, win to win exactly four of five, including a win versus Miami. Bobby, that's that's the one. Unless the one. Miami falters, unless Miami falters with somebody else like the Jags did, assuming that Miami plays well going forward, that is the game that the Ravens almost Definitely need to to win. If they're if he's saying the Ravens need to win exactly four out of the five, the one that they lose needs to be like to the 49ers or to the Rams, right? It has to be in the NFC. But then if there's one that they absolutely have to win, it's that Miami game. Because Miami obviously is in that number one seed now and they have that tiebreaker. So that's number one to win exactly four out of five, including a win versus Miami. Number two, to either beat Jacksonville. Or have Jacksonville lose a game to one of Cleveland, Tampa Bay, or Carolina. Now, if Trevor Lawrence isn't there against Cleveland, who knows? That's that against that defense, who knows what they can do? Okay, and then the third thing to have the Chiefs lose at least one more game. So then he says the door is open. So the Chiefs, again, they have uh, the fourth easiest remaining schedule. <laughs> so I thought for sure they might win out, but then the Packers proved that wrong. And, and here's the thing, Bobby, is we like to look ahead these five games, and yes, the Ravens have the hardest schedule, and these guys have easy ones. It's just so important that you never overlook any single opponent. Rams are 6-6 six and six right now, but boy, are they coming alive. I think the last couple of games, they're averaging th more than 30 points. They are coming alive. Never look past an opponent. We learned that this weekend. Take it one week at a time. And maybe some of these other things will happen. But, yeah, that's what the Ravens got to do. They've got a little bit more breathing room, even more than I thought after this last weekend. All right. Ready for some quick hits? Let's do it. Got to shout out our guy, Roquan Smith, yet again. I mean, it's like he does everything, everything right. And everything that comes his way in this case, recognition-wise, away from the field, is so well-deserved. And he is this year's, for Baltimore, nominee for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. And Sarah, we have had a unique perspective of not only being having, having the privilege to chat with him on a semi-weekly basis throughout the season, but, but also kind of talk to some of his marketing reps, get a feel for what he is about. And it's no secret that since that acquisition came to be last year, he has hit the ground running, not only in the sense that he's become really overnight uh, the, the defensive sensation for this team, the pulse, the heart of this team on the field, but what he's done off the field th philanthropically uh, has been really, really um, admirable. It's been a lot of fun to watch, and I get the sense that he is just getting started. He is so generous with his time. Uh, nothing is ever too small for him, right? And I think we've all felt that uh, in, in different ways. Uh, and we've, we've had such a, 
a pleasure getting to know him on a, on a personal level because as much of a dog and as much of a, an outspoken, boisterous guy as, as he is in his pregame huddles, in his hard-hitting abilities, in the way he is as an NFL linebacker, one of the game's greats today, uh, he is all that and more off the field. And I think the Ravens are really lucky to have this guy, and I know you agree. Yeah, so the uh, Ravens and John Harbaugh announced it in front of the team in the huddle on Tuesday, kind of a special moment. So we're going to do the uh, announce the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award, who got it for the Ravens and they'll go into the competition uh, for the whole league. But dedication and commitment to community efforts this year, dedication and commitment to community efforts throughout their career, demonstrates consistency and a positive character and models a lifestyle of giving back and demonstrates excellence on the field. And I think when you hear this name, and listen, man, this goes, everybody in this circle, I think, represents that. That's why this team is who it is, the kind of character we have. But uh, we're going to be proud for this person to represent us as the Ravens. The uh, representative is going to be Roquan. It's crazy, but, you know, grateful to be here. In front of you guys, you know, this would make everything go, man. And when I think about it, it's always about giving back. I truly remember just being a little kid in, you know, southwest Georgia. The population, 1,000 people. No red lights, no stoplights. Like, no gro like one family running grocery store, man. And, like, and I just know what it meant to me. Like, just when people came back and gave back to the community and little things, man, it goes a long way. So I'm just grateful to be here, bro, and appreciate y'all. Family on two, family on two. So, Bobby, I just want to point out some of the things he's done since he's come to Baltimore, okay? He's had football, youth football camps, delivered Thanksgiving meals. He's done, had a Christmas shopping spree. That was last year. He's got another thing coming up. He's donated mattresses and tickets to a women's shelter. He's been on the NFL USO tour to visit service members in Japan. He has visited police and fire stations to thank them for their service. He's done a back-to-school um back to school where he gives a uh, event where he gives supplies and haircuts to kids. And then this year he's going to host the 18th annual. In fact, my friend, when I was at the Ravens, Melanie Legrand, when she was in charge of community relations, she started the holiday helpers. We did it. We started it with Derek Mason. So a, a player pays for it and kids come and just get, you know, a couple hundred bucks and can just shop and, and get whatever they want at target or wherever they go. So he's going to host that. He has been, I mean, that's just, a few of the things people get busy and they say they can't help out. I don't know. Roquan Smith's pretty busy. He's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He's got a lot going on. This man gives and gives and gives. And let me tell you something. A lot of times the teams will set up things for players to come to, like they come in support and they kind of show up. Somebody else sets it up and then they leave. This is another level right here. Few players go this, go this hard in the community. And we know that he's, a man of his word. When he tells us he's going to be somewhere at a certain time, he's going to be there. If not, he gives us like a 20-minute text heads up. Like he's very, that's not normal among players. This dude is phenomenal, and we are lucky to have him in Baltimore. And I hope he wins the whole thing. I'm glad you brought all those things up because a lot of those things that you just mentioned too are things that he's doing on his off day. Right, we typically talk with him on his off day, and it's not it's not always off day either. Like that's that's recovery day for NFL players after they finish up. So for him to fit these things in on his off day, uh, when 
there's so much going on uh, the day after the game. I just think speaks so so many volumes for what he's about. And then, like we mentioned, the on-the-field stuff, oh, yeah, you have that as well. This guy is about as well-rounded as it gets. Here's your defensive grades at this point in the season entering week 14. Uh, Roquan Smith leads the way for Baltimore at 87.8. Kyle Hamilton, who's in the midst of a Pro Bowl caliber season at the safeties position, 82.3. Geno Stone, who we all know is having a heck of a fairy tale kind of year, 81.9. Jadavian Clowney, the vet, 80.7. Adafe Owe, 78, flat. And Michael Pierce, how about you rounding out this group? 76.4, the big boy in the middle. Love it. Absolutely love it. And then, Bobby, I just had to have fun with this last one. T. Fields, who is one of my favorite in the Ravens community, uh, he actually does a lot of good graphics work. This is not one of them. I had to look up to make sure he did this graphics work. But he has this side-by-side picture of John Harbaugh, John's younger years, maybe in the first couple years of being with the Ravens. And then he's got a picture of, of Brock Purdy over you know the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> quarterback. Bobby, they look so alike for the audio people. It's kind of crazy. So T Fields tweets that out and says, John Harbaugh had to beat his own brother to win his first Super Bowl. Now he'll have to defeat his estranged son to get to his second. Obviously a joke. It's not an estranged son. But if somebody told me that that was John Harbaugh's son, I would 1,000% believe them. That is crazy how similar they look. I love it. I love it. At EDC Burner, <laughs> he's always ripping it with the Photoshop, having a good time there in the graphics department. But yeah, this but one. That is not Photoshopped. That is not Photoshopped. I've looked it up. No. That is his That is his photo. Yeah. Oh, no. This, this is yeah. straight up not Photoshopped. And it's kind of yeah. scary. And especially if they end up matching up against each other yet again. Can you imagine? In the Super well, Bowl, lots to do before. Now then. that I think about it, Bobby, the year the Ravens beat San Francisco in the Super Bowl, didn't they also play Thanksgiving night? Did they? I'm pretty sure they did, and that yeah. was when um, um, Jacoby Jones has that yeah. famous picture where he's chewing on the on the turkey wing. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was that was San Francisco, and now. That year, they faced off Thanksgiving and the Super Bowl. This year, Christmas. Could we get another Super Bowl to follow? I sure would love that. Oh, goodness. Christmas <laughs> night. We will be right here in these very chairs, giving it to you in content form. Looking forward to that one just a few weeks away. Looking forward to, as always, shouting out our returning patrons because these guys are supporting everything we're building here inside the channel through Patreon this month, and we appreciate them. Brandon Lindsay, who's also a Morning Vault title sponsor, shout out you and shout out Yvonne Gunn. Thank you both. Did I pronounce that right, by the way? Eve oh, I'm sorry, At Ivan. Least, yeah. At I, least I, you have the names. I didn't even know. I, I didn't even have the names while you were gone. I got to fix that the next time I'm going solo. But yeah, I, I should think have it set might you up Ivan. for more success there. I, I cannot believe I always screw him up. It is <laughs> Ivan. Ivan Gunn. I'm sorry, brother. I literally made a note in our Patreon section for it. And for whatever reason, maybe because I'm on, I'll, I'll blame it on Europe. I'll blame it yes, on that European that. time zone here. But It's uh, late over there. <laughs> we appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building. And if you're interested in doing the same, go visit the show notes below at patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, who's been 
like I said, taking care of business over this last week or so. We are back in business as a partnership. It's week 14. The Rams are coming to town this week. We will have a normal week of content. We're efforting to get a Rams guest to get back into the form of official game preview episodes. So be on the lookout for all that and more. Like and subscribe this to this channel if you haven't already done so. Like this video if you've been enjoying the content. And tell a friend about what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. Huge thanks to GEHA for being this episode's title sponsor. And for Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off for this Wednesday morning, Morning Vault. We will be with you later this week. <laughs>